que hay mi gente, soy yo, my ladies, siete, and welcome to Let's Hablar Solita podcast. This will be a very different episode. I'm going to be talking about closure. I'm going to be talking about something very personal to me, uh, something I didn't really want to talk about, but because of technical difficulties, I am not able to release the episode of Primitas Bougie for Let's Hablar Solita podcast, so... I mean, we gotta do what we gotta do, right? Today is a very, very emotional day for me. So I'm gonna try not to cry. I'm gonna try to be strong. I'm gonna try to be a force that I know I can be when it comes to this topic. Bear with me. If I cry, that's okay. If I get emotional, that's okay. It's not necessarily that I am weak or that I'm trying to get someone to feel sorry for me. It is just me talking about what I want to talk about. So today's episode is going to be named Ala Perdida. Ala Perdida means lost feather. Or no, lost wing. Sorry about that. Um, and the reason why is Feathers and wings have a very deep meaning for me. Um, today is my Tio Tony's birthday in Paz Descante. So if I look puffy in my face, it's because I've been crying. He passed away almost 11 years ago. It'll be 11 years in October. And today is his birthday. He would have been 60 <laughs> if he were still around. He would have been 60. And... He was someone who was very influential in my life. So because of that, I'm going to try to do this episode in español lo mejor que puedo, por más que puedo. No voy a decir que va a ser fácil, pero es algo que voy a intentar en honor de alguien que yo quise mucho. Tampoco voy a decir su nombre. Voy a dejarlo así como está, por privacidad de él, sus hijos y sus nietas. Porque es una persona que para mí tuvo mucho valor, alguien que yo apreciaba mucho, que yo estimaba mucho, y alguien que de verdad dejó un impacto a muchos que él conoció y que tuvieron el privilegio para poder aprender algo. En la vida pasan muchas cosas, hay mucho aprendizaje que sucede, hay muchas experiencias que pueden cambiar el el pensar de alguien, ¿verdad? Um, mi tío fue un gran señor, fue un gran hombre para mí. No, no hay ninguna persona perfecta, él tuvo sus defectos, él tuvo sus defectos, sus errores, uh, pero sin embargo fue alguien que yo quise mucho y que aún quiero mucho y extraño mucho. Yo no pude despedirme de él. No tuve la oportunidad y creo que eso no ayudó mucho cuando estábamos de luto. Y realmente creo que en, en mayoría de los casos nunca deja uno de estar en luto para una persona que quiere. Claro, las cosas cambian, la vida sigue, pero uno no deja de quererlos. Y yo no puedo comparar, comparar mi dolor con el dolor de mi abuela con el dolor de sus hermanas, de sus hijos, de las personas que lo querían. No puedo comparar mi dolor con el dolor de alguien más. Yo solamente puedo hablar por mí y eso es lo que voy a hacer. Yo aprendí tanto de mi tío. Aprendí que a veces las apariencias engañan. Porque mi, mi tío tenía un carácter distinto. Él era una persona que con su mirada quizás daba miedo, pero en cuanto tomas la oportunidad de conocerlo realmente, no lo puedes olvidar. No puedes olvidarlo, no puedes ignorarlo. Tienes que, tienes que tenerlo en su vida. Eso es mi opinión. Um, y, y lo digo basado en el hecho de que cuando él falleció, 
como un año después de que él falleció, había personas que estaban llegando a la casa de mi abuela preguntando por él. Como si todavía, todavía estuviera vivo. No se enteraron que estaba muerto. Y cuando les decías que estaba con Dios, les dolía. Bien gacho que les dolía y se le podía notar. Entonces, eso para mí quería significar que él era una persona que con su forma de ser como que acataba a la gente. Les tenía como algo, algo que, que les dejó impactados donde querían tener más comunicación con él. Cuando alguien fallece, cuando alguien se va al cielo o donde cree que ellos se van después de, de la vida, hay algo que se llama consuelo, closure. Consuelo es, es algo que todos queremos. Queremos consolarnos, queremos que alguien nos dice que todo va a estar bien. Uh, queremos consuelo. Y no siempre lo obtengamos. Antes de fallecer, mi tío me dijo que... Me dijo que cuando él falleciera, porque estaba enfermo por 11 años de una enfermedad de los riñones, que solamente lo iba a llorar tres días. Tres a cuatro días máximo. Y después me iba a olvidar de él. Pues qué equivocado estaba. Porque ya casi son 11 años y, y yo pienso en él todos los días. Lo extraño todos los días. Y me acuerdo que cuando lo dijo me enojé. Pero de verdad me enojé tan gacho que hasta chillé del enojo. Yo casi no lloro por, por cosas tristes. No lloro por, por dolor. Más bien lloro por coraje. Y él es la única persona que me, me ha hecho llorar porque lo extraño. Y he tenido otras personas que han fallecido en mi vida. Tuve un, un tío que era como un abuelo para mí porque mi abuelo no estaba. Y él lo decía tío Santa Claus porque tenía una barba blanca y ojos azules y parecía como Santa Claus. So yo le decía tío Santa Claus. Él falleció cuando yo tenía como 15 años y aunque yo lo quería mucho, no lo lloro. Lo quiero mucho y no quiero que mi familia piense que no lo aprecié. Sí lo aprecié, lo quise mucho, pero no me da el mismo sentido de, de dolor uh, no sé si es porque pasé tiempo con él pero menos tiempo que con mi tío um, que él se convirtió en nuestro ángel en nuestro ala perdida um, es es doloroso pensarlo es doloroso saber que uno nunca nunca los va a volver a ver y yo desafortunadamente no tuve la oportunidad de despedirme. Antes de que mi tío falleció, pasé su último cumpleaños con él. Y... Um, después de, de esa vacación tan bonito que pasé con él, ya me iba a regresar yo a mi casa con mis papás. Y... Al lugar de decir adiós, dije, nos vemos. Nos vemos para mi cumple de 21 años, para que tú me compras una piña colada. Es lo que le dije. Yo jamás pensé que no iba a llegar esa, ese día. No llegó. Él falleció en octubre. Y mi cumpleaños es en diciembre. Entonces, era bastante doloroso saber que nunca lo iba a ver. Y sentí, aún, aún siento un dolor en el pecho, en mi espalda, por no estar ahí. No pude llegar. Tuve que... Si, si hubiera podido despedirme de él, hubiera alcanzado un avión, irme hasta México y, y despedirme. Y no pude. Eso, ese, 
eso es algo que yo realmente me arrepiento de no haber estado allí en ese momento para decirle tanto lo que él significaba para mí cuando lo quiero. Eso lo voy a llevar en el pecho por siempre. Lo llevo aquí adentro. Y yo sé que no es bueno. Muchas personas dicen déjalo descansar en paz. Que él, él quizás no quisiera que tú estuvieras allí. Todo pasa por algo. Yo sé, pero como lo digas a una persona que, que tanto lo, lo quería que pues no, no resultó. No se pudo hacer. No lo convenzas, nunca lo vas a convencer realmente que, que ellos pues no les tocaba. Porque para esa persona siempre van a querer devolver el tiempo para atrás para poder despedirse de esa persona. Y eso es algo que yo quisiera yo, es devolver el tiempo para poder despedirme. Si no fue en ir en un avión y alcanzar a él físicamente antes de morir, lo hubiera hecho en el tiempo que se despidió de mí en el, en el aeropuerto. Pero no pude. Y no puedo. Tengo que seguir viviendo y es algo que la gente dice, la vida siga, sí sigue, la vida sí sigue, pero quien se atrasa somos nosotros, nosotros nos devolvemos porque queremos, queremos tener ese momento por lo menos cinco minutos más, diez minutos más, aunque es doloroso, queremos recordar a esa persona por unos minutitos más, y se puede. La gente dice que el luto dura solamente un tiempo. Yo creo que de verdad en el duelo, de, del dolor, de, del amor también, uno nunca deja de pensar en esa persona. Aquí hay momentos tristes, felices. Uno tiene que seguir luchando por lo que quieran y por lo que necesitan. Él me enseñó mucho. Uh, voy a hablar de algo que, que va a ir conjunto con el, con el episodio de Let's Hablar Podcast, Dating Apps, Dating. Porque él me dio el mejor consejo cuando yo estaba chiquita sobre cómo debo de, de pensar en mí misma. Yo tenía 15 años, era una mocosa de 15 años y me gustaba un muchacho en México, cerca de donde mi tío vivía. Y yo sé que era quizás un amor imposible porque yo vivía en Estados Unidos, California, y esta persona vivía en México. Pero él me dijo que yo le gustaba, que él me quería y quería que yo fuera su novia y él también a mí me gustaba. Pero yo le dije que no podía tener novio hasta que tenía 16 años porque mi papá no me lo permitía. Él me hizo creer que me iba a esperar. Y yo le dije a mi tío tan feliz. Él me dijo que me va a esperar, me va a esperar, me va a esperar. Cuando tengo 16 años nos vamos a hacer novios. Da, 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 da. Pues no, no resultó así. Ese muchacho, aunque era adolescente, no quiere decir que está bien. Empezó a coquetear con otras niñas enfrente de mí durante el tiempo que yo estaba ahí de vacaciones. Mi tío notó en mi cara que me molestó. Que con ver eso me dio, me dio coraje y decepción. Me acuerdo cuando nos fuimos, despedimos del muchacho y de su familia. Y mi tío y yo nos subimos al coche con mi abuela. Tío me dice, ¿y tú? Mi chula, ¿qué piensas? Pues en qué, de lo que viste. ¿Te gustó? No, eso no me gustó. No me gustó que me, que me tratara de ver la cara de pendeja. Y 
mi tío dijo, mira, hay ciertas cosas que tengo que decirte, porque quiero que te cuides y que te valores. Tú no debes de andar de chiclosa con nadie. Con nadie. No andas tratando de alcanzarlos, ni ir de chiclosa, ni nada. Si alguien te quiere de verdad, van a hacer el intento de quererte, de estar ahí contigo. Van a respetar tus decisiones. Un niño que hace lo que hizo él, no te quiere de verdad. Y ese, ese clase de niño, ¿lo queremos o no lo queremos? Tenía 15 años. Pues no, no lo quiero. Así es, mija. Mándalo a la chingada, chingada con él y con la chingada a todos. Manda a todos por la chingada. Y ok, así lo dejé. Me, me compuse. Ya no me dolió, no me dio coraje de que el muchacho me trató de ver la cara de pendeja, pero el pendejo es él porque yo sí soy un tesoro. Y eso lo puedo decir con una, con una sonrisa y con la cabeza en alto. Yo me acuerdo que mi tío siempre me dio buenos consejos. Y le estaba diciendo a mi mamá, hoy que es el cumpleaños de su hermano, de su carnal, que tardé mucho tiempo para, para pensarlo bien y entender qué, qué quería decir mi tío cuando decía que el respeto no se regala. El hijo, el, res el respeto se tiene que, que ganar, no se regala. Okay, whatever. <laughs> And how the hell are you supposed to respect people if, like, I was always told you gotta respect your elders. And you're telling me that it's not something that you give, it's something that's earned. Then why do I gotta respect my elders? That don't make no sense. <laughs> that was my original thought. Pero lo que él quería decir es que Mira, uno tiene que respetar sus mayores, pero si ellos no te entregan el mismo clase de respeto, entonces tú no les debes nada. Tú no tienes que seguir dando respeto a la persona que no te corresponde con el mismo trato. Es lo que quería decir mi tío. Quiero creer que eso es lo que quiso decir. Si no, él mismo me lo va a decir en mis sueños. Um, eso es algo que, que no lo pensé. Como que no me, no me, no me, no registró que lo que él quería decir es que cuando uno empieza una relación, que sea de amistad, que sea de, de amigos, de familia, de romance, uno empieza esa relación con dar respeto. Pero si esa persona no te está dando el mismo clase de respeto, tú no tienes por qué seguirles dando respeto cuando no se lo merecen. Eso es lo que él quería decir. Tardé tanto tiempo para pensarlo y para saber qué quiso decir con eso, que no fue hasta, yo creo que hace seis años atrás, que por fin entendí lo que él quería decir. Y me... Me pongo a pensar en cuántos dichos, en cuántos, en cuántos momentos de sabiduría él me ha dicho cosas y nunca los pensé en la manera que él lo dijo. Y yo sé que muchas personas dicen, pues ya déjalo descansar en paz, que esas cosas él ya no está allí, tú tienes que vivir tu vida. Estoy viviendo mi vida, que te quede claro. Estoy viviendo mi vida por mí. Pero estoy llevando los ejemplos, la sabiduría, el, los tesoros que él dejó atrás para mí, para poder prender a mi familia. Él fue una persona que ni sé cómo hizo las cosas a veces. Él podía ver cuando iba a llover, si el nube estaba miles de millas de lejos, él sabía que iba a llover y cuándo. Él sabía cuando alguien estaba embarazada, nomás con mirarla, ni siquiera tenía que tener la barriga bien grande ni nada. Él ya sabía desde un instante, uh, él sabía 
del carácter de una persona con solo verlos. Y yo sé que él tuvo una vida difícil, tuvo una vida bien difícil. Mi tío era una persona que nació en un eclipse y la mitad de su cuerpo era como un color rojizo y luego el otro era como morado porque era un parto bien difícil para mi abuela. Era una persona que vivió muchas cosas que su vida no fue fácil de ninguna manera. Él tuvo sus errores, como comenté, tuvo su carácter. Pero dentro de lo que cabe, cuando él se enfermó, como que quiso remediar esos errores, ¿verdad? Y cuando uno está enfermo, cosas suceden. Uno tiene algún sentido de humor, carácter bien feo, otros bien graciosos. Él, yo creo que por todo, ¿verdad? Por todo. Él a veces era sangrón, enojón, chistoso, amoroso. Claro que él era una persona que casi no le escuchaba decir, I love you. No era algo que casi lo escuchaba decir. Lo decía, y cuando lo decía, después lo iba a negar. Y a mí me pasaba con, con él muy frecuentemente. Yo le decía, te quiero mucho, tío. Y él me decía, yo te quiero mucho, mi chula. Uh, yo te quiero mucho. Y luego dije, yo sé que tú me quieres. Tú me lo has dicho. Y él, yo no dije nada de eso. No, no andas ahí levantándome falsos. Pero siempre con un sentido de humor tan bonito. Y se, se, se extraña. Porque... Era como mi mejor amigo. He was like my best friend. My best friend in the world. I could do anything and everything with him. And it was just... It was really a blessing to have him in my life. Era un bendición tenerlo en mi vida. Y lo extraño. Me acuerdo que había un muchacho del barrio que todos los días andaba en bici y cuando bici quiere decir bicicleta bicycle uh, iba a ir a, a sus estudios y mi tío lo miraba dice dónde vas dijo voy a ir a la escuela dijo no vayas nunca aprendas nada y el muchacho nomás se hacía así con la con la mano y mi tío no vayas te vas a caer pase trompezaba el muchacho cada vez es como si mi tío hubiera hecho un hechizo o algo que que el muchacho se caía todo cada vez cada vez y a mí me daba felicidad verlo feliz. Mi tío se sentaba enfrente de la puerta donde está la entrada de la casa y miraba hacia la calle. Lo miraba y es como si él entraba en otro mundo. Tuvimos los dos un amor para el mar mutuo. Nuestro color también favorito es azul. Él fue como otro papá para mí. Y creo que eso es lo que es más difícil. Cuando se trata de uno tener ese consuelo. Porque yo tuve un papá. Pero era mi papá de vacaciones. Yo iba de vacaciones. Era mi, mi padrino de presentación a la iglesia antes de bautizo. Era mi padrino de confirmación. Era como mi papá de vacaciones. Era mi tío... Es, era mi amigo, mi, mi protector, mi consejero. Era una persona tan grande para mí que su ausencia duele. Y le, creo que lo que me daba miedo fue que iba a perder el sonido de su voz, de su risa. Eso es lo que a mí me daba miedo, es que yo iba a perder el, el sonido de su voz, su sonrisa, su, su, su olor. doing so well but 
esa era mi... Ese es mi miedo. Porque aún siento que ya se me está... Yendo la voz de él. Y... Es algo que yo no quería perder. Porque... Yo estaba tan conectada a él que siento yo que si pierdo su voz como que voy a perder todo. Y no es, no es la realidad, pero es lo que siente uno. Entonces me da miedo y me hubiera gustado si algún día yo tuviera hijos que él estuviera vivo y que podía enseñar a mis hijos lo que me enseñó a mí. Yo me, me acuerdo cuando estaba chiquita, me compraron una bicicleta para estar allá de vacaciones y él me ayudaba con mi bicicleta. Él, él fue uno de los primeros en darme un, una lección de, de manejar, conducir coche. a mí me da mucho gusto que está libre de dolor pero como lo como los otros dejamos de sentir tanto a una persona no no me no entiendo a la gente que no que no sabe ese ese sentido dice pues ya falle ya falleció ya que entonces tú no tienes corazón güey porque si tú no sientes a esa persona y tú no los extrañas no sé, nunca los quisiste, ¿o qué? Porque para mí, yo lo quise mucho. Incluso, todavía tengo su, su perfume. Yo me, yo, a escondidas de mi grama, me llevé su perfume. Porque, para mí, yo quería molerlo. You know what I mean? I wanted to smell him. And I know that sounds so dumb and so gross. But that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be able to feel like he was there. And I I even told my dad that one time. I was like, I don't care. You can sell the house. You can sell everything in this house. Everything can get sold. Nothing can get left to me. The only thing that I would ever take is your colognes and your guayameras. That's the only thing I want. And out of my mom too, like my mom has an autoimmune illness, like I don't care about like money, I don't care about that stuff, I care about my mom's paintings, I care about my mom's cologne, her, her perfumes, her her jewelry, the, the niñez, like I care about those things, I don't care about like furniture, the house, her car, None of that means shit to me. The only thing that means anything to me is, is more so smell. Because if you have a perfume, a cologne, and you smell it, it's almost like they're there with you for that second. And I wanted him to be there with me for that second, for that moment in time. I wanted him to be there with me. So I took his cologne without saying anything. And Every now and then I do smell it, like I do just grab it and I smell it because it makes me feel like he's there and he's with me. And I always tell my mom, if I were to ever have a son, I would give them the same initials, but maybe in reverse. So instead of it being the way my uncle's was, it's just the opposite around to feel like they're connected somehow. And yes, I'm glad that he's free of pain. Yes, I'm glad that he's with my grandfather who passed away. I'm glad that he's with his family members. I'm glad that he's above all being able to watch over his children, his granddaughters, and it's not so much for me. It's 
more so for them. Because I mean, I have a dad. I have a mom, and I know that when they pass, and many, many years from now, they'll be watching over me and my kids. And it makes me feel good to know that he's finally able to watch over his. And that he's able to watch over their children. And, you know, it's not easy. Everyone makes mistakes. He's made mistakes as a parent, as a brother, as a son as a boyfriend, what have you, he's made mistakes. We all do, we all make mistakes. It's not that big a deal. Like you can, there's always a way to fix it until there's not, which means that you're no longer breathing. And I feel like he tried to make amends with those who he had done wrong to, who had done wrong to him. And I can't speak for everybody. I can only speak for myself. And for me, if I could have one wish, it would be just to see him one more time. If I could have one wish just to see him one more time, I would say I love you. And that I love you like a father. And I'm thankful for you. I'm so thankful for you. Because... All of life's lessons that you gave me have made me who I am, and I think that's why I fear so much, like, failure. Because if I fail, I failed him. That's one of the things, like, I, my parents will be disappointed, but I don't want to fail him. See what I'm saying? Like, that to me is like, I, I don't want to fail him because he's not here to be like, I'm disappointed in you. You know you could do better. Like he's not here to give me those consejos anymore, so I don't, I can't, I won't get those anymore. And that's what sucks is like when you know that you're not gonna get that consejo to how to make it better, how to do things different. And my parents are here to be like, oh, it's okay that it worked out, but let's try this. He's not here to do that, and he was always like. <laughs> He was always the one I was scared to like disappoint. I remember I got my nose pierced at I got my nose pierced at 18, and I didn't want to tell him right away. Uh, -uh. I waited. I waited until like a few days later to post a picture onto Facebook because he was my friend on Facebook. Not only did I see him every summer since I was like three years old, but I posted that picture on Facebook and he was like, why'd you go put holes in your face? And I'm like, it's just a little nose ring. It's just a little diamond. And I think he cursed me because he it came out. Like, my nose ring, it was probably about, I want to say, like, a week away from being able to be, like, changed or whatever for my next appointment to change the style of ring, and damn thing came out. I'm like, alright, he jinxed me. Like, él me, él me, <laughs> él estaba diciendo tanto que me quitaron el pinche arete de la nariz que sus guías espirituales como que le escucharon dijeron vamos a quitar este arete de la nariz de esta mocosa para, para poder ayudar a nuestro nuestro creyente que fue él and I'm like man I only had a week left and I was gonna get that hoop nose ring I was so excited and nope that thing came out and I tried putting it back in and it was just so painful it was not gonna happen so there went that and I never got it done. When he passed away, it took me, I want to say, six years. Six years to get a tattoo in his honor. Um, mind you, my uncle had tattoos, but when I asked him, I was like, Theo, would you ever get mad if I got a tattoo? <laughs> He's like, look, 
if you're gonna get a tattoo, you're gonna get a tattoo. I can't stop you. What I will say is don't put numbers on your body, don't put no names on your body, don't put something stupid just because you think it looks cool. Like, I got a lot of ugly tattoos. There's very few tattoos that I'm proud of, but get something that you like. Get something that means something that's not something just stupid. So, I did that. I got a tattoo in honor of us both on my back. It's a wolf singing music notes, uh, kind of like singing its heartbreak, I guess, in a sense. And... Then I got another one. Well, that was about, like, I want to say... Passed away... I was 24. So two years after he passed, I... I got that one. And then... Six years total, I got my big one. Over here. Underneath, like, on the inside of my arm. And... That one, it hurt. And I remember the tattoo artist looking at me like, are you going to cry? Like, is she going to make a noise? I wasn't crying. I was completely, like, just stone-faced. And I remember someone else in the shop came and asked me what my tattoo was in reference of. And I said, it was, oh, it's in honor of my uncle. And then I started to cry. And my mom's like, hija de la chingada, empezaste llorando más cuando te preguntó de tu tío. And I'm like, well, yeah, like, it hurt me. This hurts. But it, what hurt me the most in life was losing my best friend. That's the ultimate pain, is me losing my best friend. So if I feel this connected to my uncle and this much in pain because he's no longer with us, I can't even imagine losing, like, my mom my dad, my godparents, my grandmas, like, I can't imagine that pain, that to me, I don't know if I will make it, and I, I think grief is a very difficult thing, a lot of the times we're stuck in the fact that, like, we're in our own head, my mom is a a silent, lone griever, she doesn't want to be around people when she's grieving, and I'm the opposite, like, I can care less if we talk, but, be in the room with me be in the room with me for when I'm crying and I can't stop like I need someone to hold me and I my parents are the opposite my parents want their space I don't want space I want someone there you can sit there do your own thing I don't care don't you don't have to be touching me the whole time but if I break down and I'm crying I need you to be there with me and I I truly, 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 truly think that grief isn't something that just happens in the moment. It's not something que dura ocho días. It's not something that you do once and that's it. It's something that lasts possibly a lifetime. Possibly a lifetime. Because I think that I will always miss him. I am always going to get emotional when it's I'm always going to get emotional when it's his anniversary. Like, those things are always just going to happen. And does it mean that I'm not letting him rest? Absolutely not. Because I'm glad that he's free of pain. But I miss him. I want him here. I I listened to this song um, called I Wish Heaven Had a Phone by official DJ Aaron. I think that's his name. Um... Yeah, official DJ A-A-R-O-N. That's what how it's spelled, and it's all one word, so if I'm saying it wrong, if it, just let me know. Um, you can find him on YouTube. It's I Wish Heaven Had a Phone. And it says, I know that you're up there with God, but, like, I'm struggling down here. That's essentially, like, what he's saying. It's like, I know that you're up with God, but I'm struggling down here. I'm struggling. I miss you. That is me on a daily. I miss you. I am struggling down here because there are things that I wish I could tell you. I wish I could say, hey, like, this and this happened to me. I need your help. I need your advice. And he's not here to give it. Those are the things that I think are particularly hard. Um, I know I switched. I went from almost full-on Spanish to now English, but it's... Por eso se llama Let's Hablar Solita Podcast, because I do speak Spanglish. It's something that my brain pretty frequently uh, transitions into. So it's just a little hard, I think, 
for me during this time of year. And I know tomorrow, it's not going to be any easier for me, me tomorrow just because it's not his birthday tomorrow. Like, no, it's going to be hard. But I'm going to have to put on a stronger face because it's my other grandma's birthday. So my dad's mom, not my mom's mom, not my uncle's mom. It's my other grandma's birthday. So I'm going to have to kind of like suck it up, you know, like just be be who I am and be what I need to be so that way everyone else can be good and can be happy but it's not easy it's definitely not easy you never stop missing somebody grief never stops estar en un momento de luto nunca pasa el tiempo sigue life continues time continues but those memories don't go. That feeling doesn't stop. It may get a little bit lighter, but then other stuff comes into existence. Like I was saying, like I'm afraid I'm gonna forget his voice, his laugh, his his smile, like those things I'm afraid to forget. And I think that a lot of people do forget them. I don't remember, I don't wanna remember the bad stuff. I wanna remember the good stuff. I wanna remember I want to remember him telling me that he wanted to go get his Mac Trio. He wanted to go get his Mac Trio for McDonald's and to send him money. I want him to be like, tell your mom to get my Converse. And you know what kind of Converse I want. Okay. I want him to be like, vamos al rio, vamos a la playa, vamos a estar ahí para comernos un cocktail de camarón. Like, I want to hear those things again. I want to go to Mexico and be able to see him. I just want to be with him. And I remember when after he passed, I didn't think I was going to do it. And I had always said I was going to go study at least something in Mexico just to, for a semester to be with him. And I auditioned for La Yuba and I got the number one spot. And then, and then, I graduated with honors, but he wasn't around to see it, so I almost feel like, would he have been proud, what if I would have failed him? Those are the fears that came across my mind, was like, I'm gonna fail him, I'm gonna end up screwing up, and all of this would have been worth nothing. But I graduated with honors, and mind you, Spanish is my second language, English is my first, so me having to do reports and do certain things in Spanish, from, I would translate it from English to Spanish and then making sure that everything was correctly written, so that way I wouldn't get marked on it, and I still graduated with honors because I did not want to fail him. That was something that I said to myself, I wasn't going to fail him. I passed. But now what? Like, now I'm stuck. And I just remember, I'm remembering everything he ever said to me. And I remember him saying, don't be someone who goes chasing after boys because they they want you to go chasing after them or that they want you to, to flirt with them. They want what they want. So they're going to find a way to, like, manipulate you. Don't you ever fall for that. You know your worth. You don't deserve to be treated that way. If someone wants you for you, they'll be for you. And I think that's why I'm so hard on dating apps because I just don't see that, I don't see that energy where I could be putting in 150% of what I'm able to give and the other side just wants one thing and they're not being transparent about what that one thing is in the beginning and when you're like hey like yo this is who I am they have a problem with it they want to change it but you're not going to change who you are you have to love me for me and that's one thing that my uncle did show us all because he had his his he had his shit you know that he went through and he made up for it in certain ways but certain things like he went through he what he went through he is who he is and he always said who we are from 14 years old is who we will be from then on forward unless something life-changing happens and it causes this dramatic change and that's what i've lived my life with 
So in a nutshell, I, I'm going to end this right here because I'm going to post it today. Grief doesn't end in a day. Grief doesn't end in a week. Grief doesn't end in a month or in a year or in two. It ends whenever it ends and that every person is different. You have every right to be who you want to be. If you want to write to the person who you lost, write them a letter. If you want to be able to talk with them like the way that you talk with God, whoever it is who you believe in, do that. If you want to to feel at peace knowing that they're wherever they need to be, that is on you. No one should ever make you feel guilty for not following your grief process. See what I'm saying? Like, you're good. You don't need to follow anybody's lead to to grieve. You can grieve the way you want. Your closure is your closure. I don't think I will ever get the closure that I need. I don't think that that's something that's for me. Um, because I've there's there's no time there's no way of me going back I can live with what I what I've gone through I can live with not having had to say goodbye the way that I would have wanted to say goodbye but it doesn't make it easy it doesn't make it any easier and I think that that's something that we need to take away from it is that if something's not easy doesn't mean that it's gonna be easy or it's ever gonna get easier life just continues to constantly be moving and we have to move with it and I know that wherever my uncle is he knows that I love him he knows that I miss him he knows that I care about him he knows everything he knows me better than I know myself in a lot of ways and I'm just thankful for him I'm thankful that he was in my life and gave me those life lessons that he taught me how to drive in Mexico. He taught me how to, he taught me how to see things in perspective. And um, I'm thankful for that. I know that he's looking over his children, his granddaughters, my grandma, he's watching over all of us. and. I just feel this episode is for you. You are the lost wing of my life, and I am grateful for you. I love you. And I want what I want this to be about is not just me crying. It has nothing to do with that. It has to do with you living your grief, getting your closure the way that best suits your life. So if you need closure, make sure that nothing doesn't get left unsaid. So if you have somebody who you approached in a certain way and you felt like something was left to be said, say it. If you love somebody, tell them that you love them. If you care about somebody, tell them that you care. Show them that you care. If you if you are angry with somebody, tell them that you're mad. Tell them that you're sad. Tell tell them while you can because tomorrow is not promised there's no guarantee that you'll get that opportunity tomorrow to say what you need to say to feel how you need to feel and to grieve that the way that you need to grieve whether it be somebody who actually passed away or maybe a relationship or opportunity canceled like you just have to really 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 take advantage of those opportunities and left leave no words unsaid no sentiment unspoken it is important to to do that that is what I've learned in this process for myself is I don't want to leave things unsaid I want to tell people how I feel I want to tell people what my feelings are I want to tell them how much I love them in the moment that I do that and I think that little by little I will be able to do that with the right people and it's because I learned that experience from my uncle's passing. I learned now not to just leave things unfinished. And I really hope that you all do too. 
I hope that whoever you need to reach out to that you do and that you say, hey, look, I just need to get this off my chest. Like, I just need closure. I don't know about you. You don't have to respond to me, but I got to say this. I got to get it off my chest and do that because you will feel so much lighter in life by doing that. And I think that that's the thing that we all struggle with is like, how do how do I help me feel better? If you don't even want to say it to them, don't say it to them. Like, write a letter or burn it after. Like, just go ahead and do you. Do what you need to do for you. It's important for you to make sure that nothing gets left unspoken. And I think that's what my uncle's passing has taught me, really, is to, like, appreciate time more. And I think that's why I'm so hard on on certain people because if I feel like you're wasting my time then I don't want nothing to do with you and it's because I know time is so precious and we only have so much amount of time that I want to take advantage of every second of it and if you're wasting my time then you're those are the seconds and the minutes that I'm never going to get back so make sure if you have the opportunity to say I love you if you have the opportunity to say I'm mad at you say it speak on it because we only have now. We don't have tomorrow. Tomorrow is not promised. Nothing is a sure thing. So, that's just my two cents. Pero que Diosito los bendiga. Remember, there's only just you. You are yourself. And you don't need to change for anybody. Tú no necesitas cambiar por nadie. Tú eres quien eres. Tú eres una persona fuerte. Tú eres una persona que puede luchar y obtener todos sus objetivos. Y además de todo eso, que tengan un bonito día, mi gente. Que tengan un bonito día, mi gente. Como decía mi tío. Que tengan un bonito día. And another way that he used to, to say this, I'm going to use it. Thank you very mucho for tuning in to Let's Hablar Solita podcast. This episode is in honor of my uncle, who has become my lost wing, La Ala Perdida. And in his honor, make sure you hug your loved ones. Tell them that you love them. Tell them that you are thankful for everything that they do for you. Adios, mi gente.